Now, while the food and wine scene has changed and evolved over the years, some things, well, they always remain the same. And one of those things is the eternal question, what's for dinner? <laughs> you might ask it yourself. Your kids might ask you. Your wife or your husband might toss the question at you every night. But it's a question that needs answering each and every day. And in this day and age, many of us are pretty time poor. So where do we come up with the ideas? I know, Ben, you probably walk up and down your supermarket aisle, do you, and just look for inspiration? Well, you know what? I'm I'm the primary cook in my household. Mm. I love my wife dearly, but cooking is not necessarily high on her list of achievements. Mm. So I love coming out with new and fresh ideas, but you're always running dry. Yeah, but you often probably go back to your old trusties as well. And you start eating the same meals night after night after night. Well, increasingly, many Australians are looking online for inspiration, for recipes, for tips and tricks, for step-by-step guides, you name it. And one lady who's making our lives a whole lot easier is Nagi Mahashi. She's the brains behind the online blog Recipe Tin Eats. And Nagi joins us here in the studio tonight. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Your first time on radio, you're nervous? Oh, not at all. You've made me feel so comfortable. Look at me. I'm smiling, having a great time. It's Friday night, right? Right, exactly. Now, before we hear your story, which is incredible, I want to just talk for a bit about internet. You know, because we're turning to the internet for entertainment, for information, for shopping. Why not recipes? It's a real growing trend, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. Why wouldn't you? And food isn't really food unless it's Instagram worthy anymore, <laughs> is it? Instagram worthy, yeah. I believe, is the word. <laughs> it might taste terrible, exactly. but as long as it looks pretty, that's the way exactly. to go. Exactly. You go to the restaurants and people, you know, the waiters come and put all the food on the table and you go, no, no one take a touch. Don't, don't you bite. Got to photograph it first. And okay, I, now you can eat. And sometimes restaurants these days even have put a bit of a kibosh on that as well. They've said no more because, let's face it, it's about the whole experience. Exactly right. Exactly right. But before you jumped into this whole online food world, you had a very, very different life, didn't you? I did. I was an accountant. Oh, no. <laughs> You've got way too much personality to be an accountant. Every accountant you just in insulted a... millions of accountants out there. Oh, look at that. The switchboard's lit up. <laughs> but you threw it all away, didn't you, to follow your passion of food? I did. I did. I just wanted to do, to be honest, I wanted to do something of my own. And uh, when I left corporate, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I stumbled across these things called food blogs. Mm. And then I discovered that people were actually actually making a living from these food blogs. And I thought, well, I'll give it a crack. I love food. So, Did, did you always have a passion for food? Was that something that even when you were in the corporate world, you, you know, you had an affinity with? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a foodie family. So, you know, if we're not eating food, cooking food, or, um, you know, thinking about where we're going to have our next meal, then we're probably fighting about food. <laughs> or you know, It's just our whole lives are dominated by food. If we didn't have food, our family would just fall apart. I love honest. hearing these sorts of stories because I literally used to have conversations with my mother and my father when we were sitting down for breakfast about what we were going to do for lunch and for dinner. And it's like, how about we just get through the breakfast first? But there's that plea planning. It's exactly what my family was like. But we throw in some arguments because we often argue about food as well, like the best way to cook steak and, you know, whether it's acceptable for steaks to even be medium. We say medium rare is the absolute most. It has to be. Everybody knows that it's medium rare. Oh, you know what? Someone left a question on my my website the other day asking what temperature it had to be for well done. And I said, I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the other interesting thing. We're jumping ahead here, but your website, Recipe Tin Eats, if people 
have a question or they want some advice, if they write to you, you will write back, won't I you? I will write back if they ask a question. And I've said to everyone, publicly said on my website, there is no such thing as a dumb question, except mm. well done, Stacey. It's <laughs> just illegal in my world. But, you know, I've even had questions like, what do you mean by how heat up oil in a pan over high heat on a stove? And mm. I will answer that question because yeah. that's the difference with my website versus those other big recipe portals that it's me who creates all the recipes. I cook them, I photograph them, I film them. They're my chubby little hands in all those recipe videos. Um, I make the videos, I write the posts, and I'm the one testing the recipes. So I know them inside out. I worked in the wine industry for a long time. And one of the things that I found people really liked is when you could demystify wine. And I think that that's the same with cooking because, look, as somebody who's a novice cook, sometimes you look at these shows like MasterChef or whatever it might be and you go, I wouldn't even know where to begin yeah. with a crock and bush. I mean, like, why would I even try something like that? So how do you go about educating people who really have never picked up a, a, a pan before in their life? I actually, I really love that you asked that question because that's definitely one of the focuses of my website. So things that people wouldn't have even thought were possible to make at home, mm. I break it down and simplify it for them. Mm. So something like biryani, which people actually think is quite complicated. Mm -hmm. But when you have a very simplified recipe video and you do step photos and you explain the ingredients, if you break it down in an orderly way, it's actually not that hard. And all of a sudden it doesn't seem daunting. And it's been great to read the feedback on recipes like that. And you've talked about crop and bush, so mm. profita rolls, yeah. baklava, recipes like that yeah. that you think are really hard. Yeah. But actually, if you break it down, they're not that complicated. So where do you get your inspiration from? I mean, are, are you going for traditional foods? Do you like to come up and innovate yourself? Where are you drawing from? Everything. I, you know what? I could. I always say I could never work in a professional magazine because I don't have a long lead time on my recipes. Yeah. I can't plan an editorial calendar sure. because I will go out to a restaurant and love a dish and go, I have to make that at home <laughs> and I'll go home and make it. And then a couple of nights ago, I went out for Indian, had a great Rogan Josh. It reminded me I was dying to share a Rogan Josh recipe on my site. So suddenly I'm on a Rogan Josh bender. And that's <laughs> actually what I'm doing now is trying to perfect a Rogan Josh recipe. All your friends have been eating Rogan Josh <laughs> for seven consecutive days. <laughs> and you're putting up recipes and videos and photos every, just about every day on this recipetineats.com. And you mention it. You do it all yourself. You come up with the recipes. You take the photos. And, and these photos you see in magazines or on websites, they have to look good. You've perfected that as well. And the how-to videos as well. Oh, you're being very nice. Not at all. <laughs> I don't put up a recipe every day. I do it three times a week right. uh, in terms of a new recipe. And I do have a support team behind me. So, for example, I have someone who helps me um, triple test the recipe. Well, sorry. Women's Weekly say they triple test. I have been known to test recipes 12 times before I right. publish it because I'm that paranoid about getting it right. So, we test the recipes a lot. Um, and I have someone helping me edit the videos. So, I've got some, you know, and I've got IT support. So... And there's one yeah. important member of the team I have to mention. It's your official taste tester. Correct. And I'm shocked that he wasn't invited. I almost reached out <laughs> to ask if he was invited. And then I imagined the barking in the background as we were trying to have this conversation. I thought maybe that's why. It is why. Dozer, your golden retriever. He's the official taste tester. That's right. That's right. And if Dozer doesn't give it the thumbs up, it's all over. Absolutely right. But he's useless. He thinks everything tastes great. <laughs> Except carrots. <laughs> I'm always interested. I mean, I came from a, a Lebanese family and when my grandmother used to to cook, it always used to be a, a pinch of this and a dash of that. <laughs> but, you know, I think that that's one of the things that used to confuse me. Like breaking it down into manageable components really makes it something that people can do. 
Yep, no, that's exactly right. But you know what? I'm like your Lebanese grandmother. I'm, I'm like that with my recipes too. Then I actually have to measure them out so I can write it up and put it on my blog. And do you find <laughs> sometimes that recipes evolve? So you make it the first time and you go, yeah, that was good, but I think it could have done with a bit more salt, a bit more spice, a bit more whatever. For sure. Absolutely. That's why I keep testing the recipes. Before 12, I published them. 12 times sounds reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> it was That was a good day. It was 144 apple muffins before I went, okay, I'm happy with these. <laughs> I'll make them for you next time, guys. <laughs> Dozer was in the corner. just eating, <laughs> The poor fella was just rolling in a food coma. <laughs> he was. He was. As modest as you are, though, Nagi, I was looking up the stats this morning. Recipe 10 Eats is the number one Australian food blog. I believe In it terms is. of popularity and influence. I mean, look at these figures... The website doesn't have thousands of followers, but millions of followers. 10 million monthly visitors to the website. Uh, you got 370,000 Instagram followers. Erin Molan, be, she'd be <laughs> jealous of that, wouldn't she? Absolutely. And 2 million Facebook followers as well. So, like, this is what started as really just a small idea has really, it's big time now. And how could you, could you have imagined? It's very nice of you to say. <laughs> I don't know but, what to say to but that. Could you, could, you, could you have imagined flattering. it? You know, you went and cooked your first dish, you took your first photo, you posted your first recipe. Could you imagine that it would have reached the lofty heights that it has? Well, I always hoped it would. Mm. <laughs> but I, to be honest, I didn't imagine it would happen as fast as it did. So I am very, very fortunate. So what's so. the secret to success given that, I mean, look, there are food bloggers and there's food you know, Instagram profiles and every second person's putting up a recipe these days. What do you think sets you apart? I think part of it is the mix of recipes I do. So I do the quick and easy, but I also do what I call the epic recipes. So the epic dishes of the world, like the baklavas and Thai red curries and teaching people how to make them from scratch. So Mm. you can make a musaman curry from scratch using a recipe on my website. So I've got the mix of the quick and easy, but I keep things really interesting as well. Um, so there's partly that. I think also the way I explain recipes, so particularly the more difficult Asian recipes, mm. being able to break down the ingredients, having the step-by-step tutorial of mm. the videos that are fast but instructional. Um, I think it's a combination of that. And then I like to think that the cherry on top is Dozer, who makes <laughs> an appearance in every single one of my recipes down the bottom. There's a little update on his life. And in fact, he has such a following that I had to get a button created for him that sits right at the top of every single post that lets people jump straight down to him <laughs> to see what he's doing. Because so many people said, look, I really love your recipes, but I just go straight to Dozer first, see what he's doing, and then I go back up to the top. Make sure he's having a good day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check in on him. It's like a member of the family. And yeah. then they will read what I've written. Wow. So now, Nagi, Nagi, I met with you earlier in the week and I, I said, what an incredible mm. story. I'd love you to come in here on a Friday night and tell us your story and share it with the world. But can you bring some food? <laughs> and you've done that tonight. So can you tell us what you've put together? But you know what? Look, I have to say, you didn't give me much notice. So, you know, it was a, it was a desperate cry for some food. And I had no time to go to the shops before I came here. Right. So I literally opened the fridge and figured out what I could make with what I had. So I guess what's in front of you is what I would call a fridge clean out pasta salad. Fantastic. <laughs> Which, it, you know, it kind of scares me a little bit. Not that it's a fridge clean out, but that you've been... Been able to put together something during a fridge clean out that I couldn't possibly imagine creating if I had all the time in the world. I cannot begin to describe how easy this recipe is. And in fact, I'm going to publish the recipe five minutes after I walk out of here. So you can make it yourself at home. But it is literally roasted or grilled vegetables. Today I actually grilled them because it's I just thought why not be mm. a little bit healthier? But you grill them, you toss it through with a dressing and some cooked pasta and 
that's it. And that's just all from the ingredients that are off and sitting at the back of your fridge. That's quite incredible. <laughs> Literally. You've got, the, you've got the scum from the bottom of my fridge right there in front of you. That, but is it tasty? That is the tastiest scum I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> that really is delicious and it's fresh oh, and it's thanks. healthy and it's easy to you eat. You can wash it down with a glass of lumpy milk. <laughs> <laughs> Who drinks lumpy milk on a Friday night? That's what I want to know. <laughs> the, the website is called RecipeTinEats.com. You have to check it out. Some of the, uh, the recipes there and the pictures are just to die for mouth-watering stuff you got to go there recipe tin eats.com and the lady behind it all is a genius her name is nagi mahashi nagi great fun thanks for joining us in the studio tonight thanks for having me